Here's the situation, folks. This episode is a little different. Today we're talking about icons. More specifically, iconic figures that have played, you know, a role in shaping our everyday lives or have impacted us creatively. And really we're talking about what an icon means to each of us. And this week, we're talking about a particular icon of mine, and that is none other than the man himself, Mr. Ryan Gosling. A small-town Canadian turned Mickey Mouse Club member, turned, you know, house-building heartthrob, turned strong, silent, nighttime-driving superhero, turned street-style god. The man can do no wrong in my eyes, and you'll see why. So without further ado... This is the Parking Lot Podcast, where four friends, Elise Bailey, Maggie Prince, Kate Latimer, and myself, Elliot Janetta, share stories, experiences, discuss iconic figures, and talk to other cool and creative people in the hopes to inspire one another to keep creating cool stuff. Enjoy the show, and be better than the gap. Do you want to sing Hallelujah for a warm-up? No. Well, Kate and I have already harmonized, so. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah? Are you sure? Hallelujah. How do you say Gruyere? It's not Gruyere, it's Gruyere. I think the way I've said it my whole life is Gruyere. But there's no W. It's a instead of an it's R, French. the French kind of just say Guia. Um, Guia. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this Hallelujah. started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Save us and start. Hallelujah. Um. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> It's a lost Welcome cause. back, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. We've missed you. What a week. What a week. You can <laughs> tell by the room. Everyone is just in peak top performance mode here. We're having a good time. Very excited. I missed you the most. You missed Elliot the most or our listeners? Our listeners. Oh, I was like, that's so nice. <laughs> so, it was nice and then immediately not nice. Yeah, whatever. I realized she wasn't looking at you, so it wasn't aimed at you. She was looking at her listeners. <laughs> our live audience. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, we'll quit the rambling. We'll just get right into it. How was everybody's week? This is parking lot. This is what this show is. <laughs> Okay. How was everybody's week? At least, why don't you start in your nice new green shirt? Thank you. It sounds like you had an angry week. I live in this green shirt. Yes, I did get a green shirt. Thank you, everyone, for From noticing. Uniqlo? From Uniqlo. I knew it. I'm jealous. It looks good. Thanks. I'll be getting more. Um, my week has been, uh, once again, a huge fusion of frustration and confusion. So we'll skip past that. But I would like to talk about something I've been watching. Uh, it's super hot. Super fresh, just hitting the shelves of YouTube. It's the Demi Lovato documentary, <gasps> Dancing with the Devil. Oh, Elliot, I know you love Demi Lovato, and I know you love Poot Lovato, so strap in. Poot Lovato? What's that? Oh, you guys don't know what Poot Lovato is? Oh, my. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I fully do. Yeah. What um, is it? We don't have time to cover <laughs> Poot Lovato. Okay. I know what it is. I just don't want to say. <laughs> it's a whole other episode. Um. Anyways, okay. so... Great. Demi Lovato put out an episodic documentary on YouTube. And so far, there's only two episodes out. And this documentary is heavily revolving around her 
relapsed in 2018. She had a drug overdose. Um, so what's interesting about this documentary is that there was already one in production in 2018 before this happened. And then obviously she overdosed, so they had to stop. Now they've kind of like picked it back up and they're like piecing it together. So it's kind of like a hybrid. It's like footage from before and then real-time footage now of her reflecting on that time, which is cool. And you guys know me. I love intervention. I love a dramatic story. I love a phoenix rising from the ashes in the form of a pop star. Sure. People when they're at their lowest of low. Absolutely. And then giving me the gritty details. Mm -hmm. What I don't like about this documentary is the format. It's very strange. So as I said, there's only been two episodes. The next one comes out next week. I don't know how many there are, and I don't know where this where this series is going to go. On YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. And um, what I don't like about it is that off the gate, this this documentary expects that you already know everything about Demi Lovato. You already love her and you're just like, you're just here for the details, which I, I saw it with my friend, uh, Abby, like we were talking about it and she loved it. She was like, Oh my God, like you have to watch this. I'm obsessed. It gives me everything I want, but it's just like, they don't introduce any of the people that they're interviewing. So like they say like, this is her mom and her best friend and her other friend, but like they don't develop those relationships. So I don't really care about their perspective. Like they don't do any kind of like flashback of like, this is how we met and this is what our friendship has gone through. This is how long we've been friends and this is what we mean to each other. It's just like, yeah, I was there when she overdosed. It was pretty scary. But you're like, ah, okay. They also don't really introduce Demi Lovato. Like they don't do any kind of introductory about her career, how she got famous, what kind of other trials and tribulations she's been through. It like literally starts now in her career, which I guess is fine if you're already very immersed in Demi Lovato. But for me as someone who's like aware of her, but doesn't really know a lot, it made it very hard to feel compelled and compassionate and sympathetic to her story because I don't really know her. So, so far with two episodes, I don't really like that. It's very just like, at a hundred already, which is cool because you get all these details, but it's weird because I don't resonate with them and I don't mm-hmm. feel for her the same way. Elliot? Um, two questions. How old is she? 28, I think. She's 28. Yeah. And what age do you think it is appropriate to make a documentary about someone? That's a, that's a very controversial question. I think there's a little bit more to unpack there because it's like, well, what is the documentary about? Right. Like, is it about a specific thing that happened to somebody? Because then I think you can make that at any yeah. time. But if it's like a retrospective on their life, I think they should have a bit more life. Like, I know you're talking about probably the Billie Eilish documentary that came out. Well, yeah, that too. But um, it just seems like she's kind of still in the thick of whatever it is that she's going through. So it feels like it's kind of too soon to make this come out. I don't know much about her to begin with. I don't either. But um, I just know that she was kind of famous when, uh, how old, she was kind of like a Disney star, wasn't she? Yeah. She was in that rock, rock, whatever thing. And it's kind of like a similar, she was kind of like what Miley Cyrus sort of similar. Yeah. yeah, Like Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez are all like the same age. It just makes me like think about like maybe a lot of people, like 90% of people should not be famous until they've hit 30 already. So Mm -hmm, they've kind of like figured out all this shit a little bit beforehand and before like they start getting all this attention and all this, um, you know, access to all this stuff. Oh yeah. I've been watching this YouTube channel recently called Mila Tequila. Shout out to Mila Tequila. She does these like really in-depth deep dive on like celebrity, like child stars. Like, so she's like a two part on Lindsay Lohan and on Amanda Bynes and how like, these are just people struggling with addiction in real life that just do not know what to do with it. Um, Super cool. I highly recommend if you're into that kind of like pop culture icon tabloid hybrid. Um, But back to this doc, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm going to keep watching, but I really, really hope for the doc sake that it just does a little bit more to like make you relate to her 
And I know, like, again, if you listen to her music and you've watched her other stuff, you probably do. But as like an outsider audience member, I'm just kind of like, okay, like a lot of these things actually happen to really regular people. Like what makes your story so unique? And I don't know you yet, so I'm not really sure how to feel about it. Like off the bat, they start with like her dad dies in a very gruesome way. And you're like, oh, whoa. uh." Um, Yeah. Gets the ball rolling from the beginning. Exactly. I literally was like, ah, we're off to a weird start here. That should be like the first thing that you that you like reach as an audience is like getting to know her. That's yeah, like 101. Exactly. Like, first I want to be like first five minutes. Yeah. I want to be like introduced to her. Right. Yeah. And they like, they start off too with like also a lot of interviews with her former assistant. And I'm like, why is she her former assistant? What happened there? How long did she work yeah. for her? What's her perspective? How like, so none of that like kind of world building they do, which is strange. And then the second episode is again, just like continuing talking about how she ended up relapsing. Cause she was sober for quite a long time. And then she, had a lapse in judgment and it went pretty badly but it's yeah. an incredible story i mean like she was like five minutes away from dying like sure. if yeah. somebody hadn't found her in time like she would not have made it so would she have been 27 at that yeah time? she was 26 oh yeah not part of the 27 club though. well her friends say that like when she made it to 28 they were like wow you made it to 28 like way to go and i was yeah. like Ooh. do you think she needs money and that's why the stock is coming out now no uh I mean, I think there's this very strange trend trend of like musicians having docs about themselves for kind of no mm-hmm. reason. Like Sean Mendez has one that came out that I was like, why to celebrate she- a well, album like, release? But like- those are very like based off of album like the Sean Mendez, the Taylor Swift, those are very yeah. like promotional promotional. Like the versus like this and the Paris Hilton one feel very like informative In, almost yeah, yeah informative but the thing about this demi doc though is that they, it does like the 2018 footage picks up like during a tour that you did i guess you had an album or a song come mm-hmm. out there so i do feel like at some point this might lead to her getting back into like music in that capacity yeah. and then kind of promoting that i would not be surprised if that's the kind of the turn that this takes because right now i'm also not really sure like what the objective of this doc is like aside from telling us that she struggles with ju- with drugs i don't know yeah. like what you want me to do with this well, information i'm sure it was like part of it was her PR team being like how do we reintroduce Demi Lovato into yeah. like the world and have people like I don't like yeah how do we reintroduce her and this was that but the fact that you like still don't feel like you know her is like a, they haven't really done their job very well like that's that's what it kind of feels like it's like whatever these music documentaries are kind of like the equivalent to like a stand-up special just like yeah. promoting yeah. your new material but at the same time like from what you're explaining it sounds to me it doesn't sound like she unlike the Britney Spears one where she had gone through all that stuff and there's been time and like it's kind of like mm-hmm. it is kind of she's not necessarily in the spotlight anymore, but it's not like necessarily making promoting her in like a sort of like, this is my new stuff. And like, this is why I'm still relevant kind of stuff. This Mm -hmm. kind of just feels kind of mm, like grasping for attention almost a little bit, but I haven't watched it. So I can't, I can't make that assumption. Well, also to your point though, the Britney doc wasn't made by anybody who has Mm -hmm. to do with her. It's like a call to action for people that are following her situation. Right. right? So it's like Britney had nothing to do with it. She didn't, she's not promoting anything. I think she's grateful that people are bringing attention to this, but it was more for other people to be like, Hey, like other people too, like Amanda Bynes are in these conservatorships and it's like really messed up. But like, in 2008 to 2010, that was somehow like a first solution when you had somebody who was struggling. It was like, yeah. take away their money and their freedoms. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that was my week. I'll keep you guys posted on what I think about that. I'm sure Elliot will probably have to watch it with me. Oh, great. I think I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, I hope you yeah. do. We should talk about it more. Yeah. Meji? Uh, I had a nice week. It was like the first... 
Or like, I guess the second, like just really, really nice weekend. Uh, I went for like a long walk, sat by the water. Uh, my friend Sienna stopped by and we like sat on the front porch for a bit and she uh, bought me tulips, which Aww. was like so sweet. And I was like, oh, are, is this like an adult thing? Like you like bring flowers when you haven't like, I guess it was like a housewarming gift, but it was, it was really nice. And now we've decided, I think... To always have flowers, yeah. To like in the always house. have flowers in the house because they're not expensive. Like no, you like they're like six dollars. Yeah, maples. and then it's just it's I don't know. They're so cute and they put me in a very good mood. So yeah, I've had like a a pretty. It's been a busy week, but it's been a nice week. And then we had like a really nice fun walk over here. Um, me, Elise, and Kate, and you guys went to IKEA, didn't you? Yeah, we went to IKEA. That was really fun. Um, looked at some desks. I don't really have much of a memory of IKEA other than like <laughs> the, sure it was the, hell. The line to the food was very long, and um, Sarah Gordon was very impatient. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> sorry, I realized you're waiting for me to say something. Uh, I had a great time at IKEA. Was the best yeah it's never not a fun time yeah. it wasn't too busy even though it was saturday morning we got a new side table that completes the room oh, in a way that i didn't know it needed it, it's it's the greatest love of the week for it's me like, is our new side table it's aesthetically perfect it elise is. was in our house today and she saw the tulips and the side table and i said these belong here yeah right yeah anyways it's been it's, it's been a good week yeah, I want to be the kind of adult who does a monthly trip to Ikea and always yeah. has flowers on her side table. They're oh. opening an Ikea downtown. Did you tell me that? What? No. Oh, yeah, they're opening one downtown. Where? I don't Listen, know. I, I want none of that. I want to be in the burbs. You want to get in, have to get into a yeah. car. I want it. I want it to be a destination, a yeah. trek. Gotta gather all the ducklings and get them into the car on time. I did time. feel like a mom. Being yeah. Like, girls, come on, we're gonna come be on. late. Hurry up, girls, get your meatballs and let's go. <laughs> I think, no it, I think it is important to have an Ikea just far enough away that it can't tempt a daily just yeah. visit. You won't like go on your way home from work. Be like, yeah. oh, I might need a new dish rack. Yeah, I might need a new uh, whole kilp section or whatever. Kilp? Or a malmo and, oh, like, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you're making Swedish words. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? Well, making Swedish words for a Swedish company. Or a Pax wardrobe. Yes. Classic. Or you need a nap at lunch. So you go rest on the bed. I think being an adult is having a Pax wardrobe. And that's my next step in life. Huh. Or you just have a cupboard closet, I mean. <laughs> or you just or get an old box. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I have a walk-in closet is what I'd like to say. That's true. And by walk-in, I mean... <laughs> I can walk in. Is that what a walk-in closet? How was the rest of your week, Kate? Oh, My sorry. week was great. Uh, it was... <laughs> was that your cue to move along? Move the fuck along. We gotta go to Rigo. You edit my intros and I edit you speaking. Um... Last night, Sarah Gordon and I watched Paris, Texas, which is a movie I've been meaning to watch for a long time. It's so beautiful. Have you guys watched this? I've never heard of it. I feel like film buffs, you should watch it. It's Wim, Wim Wenders is the director. It's from the early 80s. And Maggie came down for a few minutes and was just like, this is, it's, it's so beautifully shot. I couldn't get over it. It's two hours and 25 minutes. So buckle up. Ooh. But it's. It was beautiful. It's incredible. It's like life-affirming kind of beautiful yeah. it's filmmaking that they don't do anymore um oh, makes me want to go to texas oh my god it was so so beautiful so that was the best thing i saw this week and then um ever since the weather got warm i have like an itch inside my body to just be outside all day so my mother 
and I have been doing all day walks. So on Sunday we did a 10 to six walk. We went to the beaches. We saw like a giant life-sized elephant in someone's front yard. That was paper mache, I think. I was just like, it just felt so good to be out and seeing weird stuff that people do in their houses. And anyway, there's a, there's like an old apartment complex in the beaches called the El Pueblo. Oh, Abby used to live there. Shut up. Abby used I, to live at El Pueblo. I, her, co- her, her cousin, her sister still lives it's there. It's incredible. I didn't mean I, to dox them. I, <laughs> oh no. And they still live there in apartment three. <laughs> it's at, I was like blown away because you're that part of the beaches I've never walked around and it feels like you're in a seaside resort like, resort yeah. town. So, so I was loving it. And then you turn the corner and suddenly you're in Mexico with this grand like palatial white concrete with like the stucco out of this walls. world or yeah stucco white stucco it was incredible and then across the street is this bright pink like Victorian mansion that everything just felt I felt like I was on vacation in Toronto I couldn't believe that this stuff was just in my city and Leslieville was bopping and the beaches was hopping yeah we walked by that theater we went to for your birthday mm-hmm. yeah, that's um, cute that was just a brag to tell you how far I walked, guys. That's, That's really, really far, far, if you recall. It's very far. Thank you. And we walked part of the way back. So it was a great... Uh, I've been so happy this week. Oh. I really like this weather. It's beautiful. Yeah. Elliot? Elliot, how was your week? Elliot. My week was good. I was. It's been a week full of watching stuff. I feels like I've watched so much stuff in the past, few, that past week. We finished Girls. We finished Girls. It felt like we watched 45 episodes in that last run there. We just yeah. like just marathon through the last <laughs> of it. I don't love the last two seasons, but we were talking about it, it. Watching it this second time really made me realize it's actually such a very particularly and well-written show yeah. because all the characters are, you don't love them by the end. And I feel like that is almost as important, but not because it's poorly written because you're, they're written for you to like, these are how shitty people act. And yeah. Like, and it, like, this is how friendships outgrow each other and how you like grow apart because these are the things you don't like about each other. Yeah. And it's just, it kind of makes you apparently like, you know what? Sometimes you have friends and then 10 years later or however many years later, you're like, maybe I shouldn't be friends with you. And I actually don't like you and like all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I, that was really good. Do you relate to that? Yeah, a little bit right now, oh, actually. Um, but <laughs> I'm also watching Succession again, and Succession is some of the top uh, television so that you I'd can like watch. I'd like to rewatch that alongside with you. It does have a really you. good theme. Like oh the God. song is really good. All of it is good. I can't think of a bad episode of that show. No. Um, so definitely go watch that if you haven't watched it. Um, I've started watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's only been one episode. It's very more traditional Marvel stuff, if that's what you're into. At least talk through the whole thing, and I had to rewatch it again by myself today. <laughs> so to actually hear what it everybody was saying. It didn't make any sense. It was really it made, boring. It was very straightforward. But um, Stuff yeah. that I care about, I have to watch alone because I don't want to have to deal Explain. with other people's reactions. I'm quiet when we watch shows. Even but- if you're quiet, I... D- anyway. Did this show really grinded my gears i didn't yeah. like it so i'll be watching it by myself from now on um, should i watch that and that could be our thing yeah uh, you would love it oh definitely. yeah that's your cup again? of tea falcon and the winter soldier what's, what's on it? disney plus what's it about? it's like a it's like a marvel spinoff show it's a marvel show so, do i need to know other marvel stuff to get it yeah, yeah. no you only have to watch <laughs> like who's never seen it and doesn't know the plot. You only no, have you're to watch good. like maybe 20 to 25 films prehand. But other than that, I've you should seen be fine. Spider-Man. 
Homecoming. Homecoming. I dragged her to Spider Man Two with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, and I've seen Spider Man Two. Yeah. Yeah, you should be good then. You're all caught up. Um, I also watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is Zack Snyder's re-release or his original cut of this Justice League movie, which is four hours and two minutes. And it's chopped up into six chapters and an epilogue. Elise mm-hmm. got through what? You got through the first an hour, two hours of it? Did you, we get yeah, through? Yeah, I got to the end of part three. Yes. And then I dropped you off and then came back home and then <laughs> finished watching it. And I finished watching it like quarter to two in the morning. And it's it's one of those movies where you watch it and like the the politics behind it are really interesting. If you're into that, like he was like working on this project and he had this whole kind of like scope of like what he wanted the DC movies to be like in terms of how like the Marvel movies are like this, like cinematic universe. And he got into this kind of this there was a terrible family tragedy that happened while he was working on the movie and then he stepped away and then they hired in a new director and they all got spooked because like they had been like test screenings of the movies before and they're like this mm-hmm. is not doing well so this new guy came in and Joss just like Whedon. Joss Whedon came in like just changed everything and like took it in a whole new direction and then everyone ended up just hating it anyway so this movie comes out and it's four hours long and it's it's not going to have a sequel. It's just the movie. Like any of the movies coming out afterward are not going to have any sort of connection to it. He said, so it kind of just feels like this weird art project that he's yeah. like, like a school art, pro- like film project. He's like, this is this movie I made and enjoy it. Right. And yeah. like all the, the nerds and the fans are like, we love this they movie. And like it. they asked for it. They championshiped it. And they'd be like a whole year of people like screaming at Warner brothers release to make this release the Snyder cut. And it's, it's really interesting to watch. Cause like, you're like, wow, this is what um, the top level of what like the audience opinion can create this multi-million dollar cut of this movie that has really no future of going anywhere. Well, I don't think this movie could have even existed if it weren't for this situation. Like it would have never been released in theaters. It wouldn't have gotten a theatrical no. release. And if it had just kind of gone under the radar and on demand, it would have absolutely flopped. Yeah. So the fact that like we are in a situation where movies being streamed immediately is like quite normal. And the fact that like now there's an appetite for those things and people can all kind of congregate almost as if it were like a theater release but watch it in a streaming way i think that this is like the only way it could have done well and it's really interesting because now it's we don't know what more they will be able to do with this kind of stuff be like we can release a three-hour version of something that you wouldn't go and pay to watch in a movie theater or mm-hmm. the whole thing is shot in four by three imax square because he's like this is the way I, my vision is and like it's a very like art project because it starts to like the whole movie is shot like this to maintain the director's vision and like all this kind of stuff. And it's like really saturated and it's really dark. And like, it's not, it's still not a great movie, but it's infinitely better than the one before. But like, if you're not, if you didn't like the first one, you'll probably like this one better, but it's still, I'm glad that it's out there. Mm -hmm. I'll just say that. Did you like it? I like parts of it. Like I liked, I liked it more than the original one, but it's still four hours long. Did you get bored? I didn't get bored, but I'm just like, I'm just not interested in the story that they're telling. Oh. Like, he's trying to do this whole, like, gritty version of the DC universe and, like, kind of, like, go into this kind of nightmare future, which they will never get to now. But you can tell by the end of it, like, all the actors are kind of like, I don't really know what's going on. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- I would watch it just out of curiosity. I think you should watch it. Yeah. Just to see what's going on. I don't think I will. Okay. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> I would recommend it though if you haven't watched it just to just to see it. Watch is that trunks. a is that a good first entry into Marvel? Well, it's not Marvel, so no. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Are, are DC and Marvel not the same? No. 
<laughs> um, this week's topic is a new and interesting topic that Maggie suggested, actually. Yeah. comes from an original Maggie idea. So it, we are going to look and pick icons. Uh, people look who, and pick. Well, look. You have to look to pick. Search. Search. Find. Search up and down. High and low. Bring forward an icon. Someone who we consider an icon or an idol. First, I'd like to start off. What do you guys consider an icon? Someone who gives you life. Someone who stands the test of time. Yeah. We're I actually maybe speaking of like your grandchildren, when you say their name, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know them. I don't want to talk about it right now because I have a list that I'm going to bring up as we talk about like what makes an what icon. Makes yeah. an icon? Okay. Just bring it up now. Just you could bring it up now. We're talking about it now. Well, it's a long list. I want I okay. Um if you uh, if somebody dresses up as their character for Halloween. Uh I don't think that's true. Balloon Boy is not an icon and a lot of people dressed up like him a couple <laughs> no, years but ago. Like if you're an icon, like they're there that there's some overlap there. I think if you're an icon you like represent uh like a concept that is tangible. Like people are like Marilyn Monroe Whoa. is sex. Mm-hmm. Like someone who has carved out a chunk of pop culture yeah. for themselves, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. That's like they they represent a certain part of pop culture that's like instantly identifiable. Yeah, they represent something yeah. that people can attach themselves to and not everyone will attach themselves to it. And it kind of, you know, just kind of you connect to whatever personality you have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if we're going to do these back to back, but we're going to start with my icon and um, drum roll. Mine starts with a little bit of a story here. Nope, no oh, drum roll. Oh, this sorry, is you're sorry, not gonna. Sorry. This is gonna be a very bad drum roll. So the year, <laughs> the year is 2011. I would be in grade 10 at the point. Sure. And this was 10 years ago now. So <gasps> my this is far back. If you can even remember this, my dad. You wouldn't remember my dad, but like far <laughs> back, but my a point in time where. So this guy that worked with my dad, he would bring my dad burned, uh, what are they called? Um, DVDs? Pirated like DVDs. Oh, CDs. Yeah, DVDs. like DVDs. The like, guy with um, the toupee? I can't remember who it was. Oh, I but, thought you were going to say cookies. You bring my dad burned cookies. <laughs> Pirated cookies. <laughs> yeah. So like he would just come home with a big stack of like blank DVDs. Be like, we're just going to watch these like... 480p movies or whatever <laughs> so sketch. and he watched he put in this movie and he watched it and he was like he's telling me the next day he watched it with my mom he's like i watched the worst piece of shit movie i've ever it was so boring and it went nowhere i was like what movie is it he's like oh it's called drive or something and i was like okay and so the next day i was just like oh i'm gonna watch it. i remember seeing the trailer for it and i popped it in and i watched it and i was watching it by myself and i remember watching it and being like slowly being like you know when you watch something for the first time you realize like it kind of hits you in a different way you're like mm. i'm gonna remember this for a very long time yeah. by the time that it's over and i remember watching this movie and i had didn't know too much about it and i was like this is fucking really 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 cool and like i had just it had started making me feel and think about film in a way that i didn't before i was like i never was really cognizant of like actors acting or like people making choices or like how perfect music can fit parts of the story and how like a film can be thought out from beginning to end of how like this is a clear cut vision, you know, similar to Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All come but together. I don't remember from beginning to end, I watched that movie and I was just entranced and that began my 
fascination with the one and only Carrie Ryan. Mulligan. Yep, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Ryan Cranston. Ron Perlman. Albert Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling, our Canadian Woo! Wonder Boy. If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place. I give you a five-minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes, and I'm yours, no matter what. I don't sit in while you're running it down. I don't carry a gun. I drive. So we're not going to do, you know, like this is not a, this is not a YouTube documentary biography of Ryan Gosling, but um, we all know Ryan Gosling. He started off in the Mickey Mouse Club. He was a then, Mormon. Mormon. Was Mor- he really? Mor- Mormon. Mor- Mor- Hallelujah. I love when you can't say a word, you just keep going for it. <laughs> Mormon. It's a tenacity that most don't have. A Mormon, yes. Right. So he did his first I claim to fame, I guess, would have been the Mickey Mouse Club and then kind of Hercules. Did Hercules, the TV show, and then did Remember the Titans, that's the football film. And then I think his his probable first Big impact is probably the notebook, right? Oh, it yeah. was the notebook. That's was the reason notebook? he's Absolutely. famous. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, have you guys all the seen hearts. the notebook? So many times I can't even count. Yep. And wh- how do you feel about the notebook? I think it's a perfect movie. I feel rejuvenated when I watch Every it. Every time I watch it, I cry and I laugh. The only controversial opinion I have about it is that the ending don't make a lot of sense to me. When but, he just what are you talking to about? Die? Don't spoil. Okay, it's it came out in 2006. <laughs> We're if you in the clear to spoil the <laughs> if notebook. If you haven't seen the notebook yet, that's on you. 2004. Okay, thanks, Elliot. We get it. You love Ryan Gosling. Um, but I just don't understand. Like, why do they both, they're both like not about to die. And then they both just lay down and they're like, it's I'm romantic. Dead. It's because she knows that she doesn't have her memory anymore. And <laughs> just, her body just, just like, decides to yeah, die. It's a miracle. Unplugs her body. Nicholas body's- Sparks is extremely religious. It's definitely the best Nicholas Sparks movie. Yeah. Um, and Which is not I, saying a lot. And I think that it is. Or it's saying a lot. <laughs> I think it is the not like the it's not like the Ryan Gosling role, but it's the role that made him like famous. I think. What he, but he brought like, like he wouldn't have other stuff. Yeah. And if it weren't for the notebook, I think the notebook did a lot of things for him. I think he redefined heartthrobs. Yeah. Yes. In that yes. movie, in the quiet, sensitive. Well, he became type. 2004's heartthrob, right? Yeah. He, whenever that movie came out, he became, that was the guy of that yeah. time. Well, I mean, but like that time you had like Chad Michael Murray and like all these like generic pretty boys and like mm-hmm. the Backstreet Boys and all that kind of stuff. And then here's like Ryan Gosling, this guy with a kind of lopsided face and a big nose. And you're like, <gasps> I love him. Yeah. And I had watched that after I'd watched Drives. So this was like me going back and like learning more about this mm-hmm. person. And we went, when we were in London, we saw it on the roof of that building. I had the worst oh. hot dog in my life. Yeah, it was disgusting. Anyway, so he became this heartthrob overnight, right? And then decided to, instead of lean into it, go as hard as he can actively against it. Like dyeing his hair weird colors and like picking that movie where he was a neo-Nazi and like mm-hmm. dating Sandra Bullock. And, and like, like he was like a drug addicted teacher. Yeah, he just did. He's like actively- oh, Nelson. Yeah. yeah, that's great. It's a great movie too. But he just tried so hard to not be just that dude who was in the notebook. And then- And Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. That's another yeah. great movie. Well, if you haven't seen that movie, it is such a strange movie and it is very much worth a watch about a, a man who falls in love with an, a puppet. Yeah. A yeah. sex doll. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's a love story similar to The Notebook. Right. <laughs> so he kind of takes this 
you know, he's trying his hardest to to focus on his acting and like being known for his acting and all that stuff until we get to 2011, which is a lot of people consider the Renaissance, which is when <laughs> he kind of explodes onto the scene and has three massive movies all come out that same year. We have Drive, which I think Drive is like, if you think of art house movie, I think that should be the number one movie you think of. That is what art house films are. And then he has, you know, his kind of mainstream George Clooney political thriller, which is The Ides of I'm March. I'm a lawyer. That one? Oh, God, I love that movie, too. I think it's pretty boring. Oh. It's kind I've of boring. Never seen, uh, yeah. And then he also has a movie called Crazy Stupid Love, which he comes back around to being the heartthrob again, which is, you know. But in a new way, he's an asshole heartthrob. I yeah. love that movie, and I think he's so good in it. It's a phenomenal film. Be better than The Gap, everybody. Be yeah. better than I, The Gap. I am not better than The Gap. Gaps my bar. <laughs> so then he just explodes. Like he becomes, you know, the the Memeable. huge, huge. And then the whole meme thing happens. And hey, girl. Right. Because I remember seeing Crazy Stupid Love in the theater with my mom and my mom being like, oh, my God. Like watching this movie and like loving this movie. When he takes his shirt off. Your mom being like, wow. Just, I have to go the, to the bathroom. The audible, audible gasp in the theater. What is the line in like the trailer that Emma Stone? You like, look photoshopped. You look photoshopped. I like how Maggie couldn't even finish that and you already knew what she was talking about. Yeah, you look you photoshopped. Look photoshopped. <laughs> Can you turn your ring off? Right. And so this is around this time is when I started being like, okay, this guy's really cool. And I like that he's not doing just, he's not just like every average dude in a movie theater. He kind of like picks his roles specifically. And he does a lot of what I find really interesting, which is like emotional acting where he just does a lot with like facial expressions. Like in Drive, he basically says like 14 words in that entire movie. And it's all just like him staring at Carrie Mulligan. In a lot of ways, Drive drive as is my favorite superhero movie because it's like, really the most grounded superhero movie you can get. <laughs> Someone's going to hear that who has never seen Drive is going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, sure. <laughs> and that movie did horrible because it was it was marketed the wrong way. The trailer was like, yeah, ooh, God, like dr- driving and Ryan Gosling beating people up with hammers. And then you watch that movie, it's just like, quiet, a lot of him like paced. leaning on cars and like <laughs> eating pie in a diner and like, like waiting for working, people in the car. Working yeah. on like engine parts and stuff and just it like, was... and then we were like, how are you doing? Good. It was marketed the way that Baby Driver actually was. Yeah. Yes. And then Baby Driver became the Hollywood version of Drive. Yeah. Baby Driver became Drive for people who wanted that out of Drive. I still haven't seen Baby Driver. Kate, you would love it. You don't need to. I really don't think I would. Oh, controversial. I don't like Ansel Elgort. Me neither. He's just like a little shit. And like the more you look into him, he kind of like has, he does, he has like rules, but like he won't do sequels. He won't do like. Ryan franchise Gosling? movies yeah oh, he I won't didn't know do he won't do sequels um because he was offered um something where i think he was offered batman like he would they were going to make him batman instead of i would not ben have Affleck. That. But he's like i don't want to do more than one batman movie he would have been an awful batman i'm yeah, gonna be honest his face is too soft it is it is it's he loves too much <laughs> what if he was offered a role in star wars what would he do no he, no. Wouldn't, he wouldn't take it oh my god that's a shame. But then <laughs> my dream crossover. <laughs> and then a character that had now becomes a little bit more iconic, which was the film that followed that, which is like Place Beyond the Pines, mm-hmm. which is definitely not as big a film as those other three. But like his character in that is really only in it for what, 
Like the first third. First 20 minutes of that movie. More than 20 minutes. He's in it for like the first, if you were to split it up into three, he's in the first third. He just has like incredible screen presence, right? Yeah. He just like, you, whatever, he just soaks up the environment whenever he's there. And like, especially in that movie where he also, a lot of his movie just doesn't talk that much, just smokes and is covered in tattoos, <laughs> leans on motorcycles and stuff. That movie is also great. You want to go for a ride? Yeah. And I don't know, he kind of just... In, to me was the a celebrity if I were to be a celebrity to be like of that kind he kind of just disappears for long periods of time and then pops up does a movie he also hasn't done many bad movies besides like after the Renaissance. yeah <laughs> I yeah feel, mm. I think he just and he also commits to roles in a very sort of old-fashioned way he's like a Daniel Day Lewis oh yeah if only he was a heartthrob where he like Learn piano for La La Land. Yeah, or like the Lovely Bones where he gained 60 pounds and then yeah, just he came in and Peter super, Jackson was like, oh, what? Yeah. He's like, why did you gain 60 pounds? <laughs> He's like, I ate melted ice cream for three weeks. And Peter Jackson was like, why? <laughs> Peter Jackson's like, get Mark Wahlberg in here. <laughs> he's not afraid to be ugly and he's not afraid to be quiet. And I just feel like he's very good at... There are some people who are thinking a lot and you can't tell. And I don't know if he's thinking a lot, but it looks like he's thinking a lot. And that's called acting. That's called acting. It's <laughs> called being cool. I think he's just, he doesn't, he's also, yeah, he cool. just doesn't play the Hollywood game like every, a lot of other celebrities do, mm-hmm. right? Like doing every single talk show and like doing the Oscars every year. Like he only shows up if he's nominated. Well, I think also when he does like the talk show route, he like, he does something cool about it, right? Like him in, um, what's that guy's name? The guy who was the angry driver. Russell Crowe. Yeah, thank you. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of Russell Crowe for. Unhinged, phenomenal yeah, film. Movie I'd never seen. Um, but like him and Russell Crowe doing all those little like nice guy bits, right? Like on like Jimmy Fallon and all yeah. that. Like that's really funny. I loved those bits. Can I tell you what my favorite bit? Yeah. Please. Is, uh, I think it's Ryan Gosling was talking about how um, Ryan Gosling, uh, Russell Crowe, just a couple of angry birds. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Because it's That's a crow your... and a gosling. Oh, gosling. I was like, oh, they love Angry Birds? Me too. Apparently we're getting crushed by Angry Birds. How can you be getting and crushed? It's our, we have to find a way to combat them. And I, we were like, what how, I mean, uh, so ironically, how do you out-tweet an Angry they've Bird? They've asked you to <laughs> tweet. And how do you, where do you go for that? Uh-huh. Doesn't that involve like an army of boss pigs or something? Like how does yep, that? It does. How do we fight them? You can't. There's no way to you fight can't. them. You just have to coexist. That's the only way you can do it. We're trying. Russell actually texted me in the middle of the night and he said, he was obviously vexed and he said, you know, I'm a crow, you're a gosling. <laughs> We're two of the angriest birds I know. <laughs> so, so the point of that story was that Ryan Gosling has charisma and that's what makes that joke land. Yeah, he, he has. A ton of charisma. You're right. Yeah, he's but he's because he's been around for so long. Because he's been around since he, you know, he was a child star who didn't turn into Demi Lovato or like you know <laughs> too soon, right? Yeah. Well, you never know. She no, can come back. The Dem, Demi Renaissance is coming. Maybe. What's everyone's favorite Ryan Gosling movie? Is it too soon to say? Do you want? Well, no, to no, no. Mine more? is Drive. Okay. If you want to say it, everyone can say theirs. Mine's La La Land. Okay. Um, um, sorry guys. Kate, you go first. Mine's a uh, blue Valentine. Ooh, I love blue. T- I love that scene where he's playing the ukulele. My favorite scene is when he starts to lose his hair later in life. Yeah, he gets, oh, it's yeah. really good. 
And when the uh, the dog gets hit by a car at the beginning, and it just can you believe that had an NC seventeen every time? What, yes, what, you what? see boobies. There's, there's a lot, a lot of, of like sex. there's yeah, a lot there of is... very aggressive like cunnilingus scenes. Um, <laughs> I don't remember that. I yeah, do. That's why it had oh, the NC-17 rating. Penny in the quarters. It was very, that, and I was like, it was very controversial because like it didn't really deserve that NC-17 rating. Maybe I didn't look at that scene. I was like, I'm too young. I'm too young. Um, I think <laughs> Crazy 16. Stupid Love, surprisingly, yeah, yeah. is just because I wouldn't, for, I haven't seen it in, since it came out. That year I watched it like four times because I loved it so much. Work. I should re-watch it. I thought he was so great in that. It's on TV all the time. His chemistry with Steve Carell is <laughs> I really thought you were going to say Emma Stone. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. It's just raw sexual chemistry yeah. with Steve See? Carell. Incredible. What do you guys think of his uh, Emma Stone thing? I think they were meant to be, but I also yeah. think him and Rachel McAdams were meant to be, but I also oh. really support him and Eva Mendez because they have a beautiful relationship. Well, you never dated Emma Stone. circle on that. You were very I hard against really it. I was really against it. But Eva Mendez is like very active on like Ryan Gosling fan accounts I on know, Instagram. She's such a nerd. She's such a little, she like checks in. She's like, hey, you guys, here's an update. And she's like, thank you for like blurring out our kids' faces and like is very you communicative know, with them like on his behalf. She's and like I'm a like, mom. Yeah, she's literally like if Ryan a Gosling Facebook was her mom. son. And yeah. Like, <laughs> and she's like, thank you guys for coming to a soccer game. Hmm. No, I just really appreciate the way he's like curated his career and you could tell that he gets along with a lot of the people that he works with. Like there's multiple films that he works on with the same director more mm-hmm. than once. Like Blue Valentine was then Place Beyond the Pines, same director. And then we have Nicholas Winding Refn for Drive and Only God for Kids. Like even if the movie is not going to be a big, huge movie, they're like, I just want you to be in this film. Like Only God Forgives is, you know, questionable that the movie is. But want to fight? But it's, you know, I've he never was, seen that movie. You should watch it. You would, you would not re- like it. Well, I've only heard very terrible things. I have a lot of trouble watching violence. It is violent. I have to like close my eyes. Do you I like have karaoke? to close my eyes at the end of Drive. Isn't there like sexual tension with his mother in that movie? Yeah. Oh, oh I love that. Yeah. I actually really like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sign like, me up. He followed, like, he only does, he doesn't really do that many movies. And like, he, The Big Short, he was great in that. Oh, he was so good at, yeah. And then we have like his, he just genre hops and then he'll do the nice guys, which is like a buddy cop movie, the Shane Black movie, which is really, really fun. And then he like comes out with La La Land and Elise, I'm sure you would love to talk about La La Land. I think I felt about La La Land the way that you felt about Drive when you just described that. It's like, this is a movie that like, as soon as that like opening montage happens or that like dance, I don't know. Why can't I think about that word? What's that? What is the thing that happens at the beginning? Opening number. Thank you. As soon as that like opening number happens at the beginning, I was like, oh, like this is going to stay with me for a long time. And like, I don't even like musicals that much, but I love this. And then like his character in it is just like so dynamic. And I like you like hate him because he's kind of arrogant, but you like love him and you just want the best for him. And I'm like, you're meant to be together. Um, And I think, again, that's just a great example of their bizarrely beautiful chemistry as Ryan Gosling when he sings that um aha song I was really into that the take on me oh and in the backyard party (laughs) just over it but also (laughs) jamming is he an icon can I ask some questions yeah let's hit it okay 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 hang on um is he a trendsetter yes he pretty much he's pretty much invented the whole uh 
actor, carpenter, dad, fashion movement. Yeah. Like he's kind of like started this whole like. Is he a carpenter? Really caring about dressing stuff, like wearing like really well curated stuff, but looking like you just got beat the shit out of all your yeah. clothes. It's just super yeah. beaten up and just showing up on like. I've seen it, it just shows up in my Instagram now him showing up to this set of his new Netflix movie that he's working and he's wearing this like neon green Carhartt jacket that's a denim jacket with his like workman boots and like a beat up gray t-shirt and stuff and just like you're, just, you're killing it right now yeah very looks like the Rob Pattinson hasn't made a movie in like three two three years yeah. just yeah. shows up and raising his babies yeah and that, like that's great too I think it's awesome he's just like you know I'm just gonna focus on you know being a dad for a little while i feel like he started the trend of like not that he started because i'm but like the strong silent type type yeah well he's kind of modernized it yeah. i feel like it was you know like the paul newmans and like mm-hmm. the steve mcqueens of the like he's kind of bringing that energy to now mm-hmm. right yeah more modern he might be the modern day uh paul newman yeah i feel that um is he inspirational yeah is does he handle controversy well? I don't think he's ever been very controversial. I feel like he truly, unless something crazy comes out, I don't know what he could be canceled for. What was his seen. reaction with the whole controversy with La La Land and Moonlight? Did he just, just kind of like disappear? And he's just, just yeah, he's just like well, bleh. there's so many memes of him like covering his face, just like laughing. <laughs> so the answer is we don't know. Like he's yeah. to he, be tested. He seems like he he actively tries to not be so in the center of the limelight and constantly be talked about that it yeah. there's not much that could be controversial about him. I think he's very just, polite. He just seems like he shows up, does his thing and then leaves. Yeah. There was this inter- pretty funny. I remember there is like there was the one uh what's the HBO doc uh about the murder guy and there was a fictional movie between him and, him and Kirsten Dunst. And it was about this cross dresser cross dresser. I know um, you're talking about all the all the all, things or something all, like yeah. that. Um he was in it with Kirsten Dunst. It was a bad movie it got a lot of negative critique um and when interviewers would like ask him about it and and like w- instead of bashing the movie which he clearly didn't want to like be fake and be like oh no like I, I hated it i understand the critique he instead would just be like oh i really i appreciate uh kirsten's like her she did a very good job yeah. instead of being like i did bad or right. the, mo- the director did bad he's just like oh kirsten i'm proud of her and then he found like, something nice to say. He he's found diplomatic. Nice. Yeah, he's diplomatic. That's nice. Yeah. Is he motivated by money? No. I don't think so. Um, I think everybody is. Like, I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh, work for pennies and, and eat bread. But I think he, that's not like his motivating choice. Like, I, it seems like he's not interested in selling out in the way that some people are. I, what do you guys think of First Man? I've just, I didn't oh, see I it, but it felt that. very like Oscar baity. So I'm like, are you trying, well, you're trying to be the guy who's like not interested in an Oscar, but you're but, also like but in First Man. Like to Elliot's point though, it's same director. Like yeah. it was like La La Land uh, and I think then it First was, Man was Damien Chazelle. I think well. it was more the director kind of doing yeah. the Oscar doing, thing as opposed to him doing it great thing about first man elise and i saw it at the tiff premiere and he was there and he was there and we, <laughs> Did you see we him? were like what 50 feet from him yeah we could see his brown little suit wow yeah. big moment yeah. um does he get better with age yeah, yeah. I'm sh- i shouldn't be answering sorry elliot 
No, I <laughs> just you, so everybody. I think this. everyone can. You know, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> I do think he is. I think I think his movies get better. You know, as time goes on, I think he becomes a better actor. I think he's he becomes yeah. more. You know, confident in his whole shtick. Can I say though that I'm not a fan of him being married to Eva Mendes? Okay. I don't think he picked the most challenging woman he could have. Like. But I she think doesn't push him to be better. I felt the same way, but I think that's so Ryan Gosling to marry a woman that's like ten years older than you, has like already had this like illustrious career, is this like sex symbol, this like rom com gal, then like made her own business. Like I can't imagine Ryan Gosling like settling down with like some like young hot twenty five year old who just like no. loves to wear fashion nova I'm on not Instagram. That no, either, no, no, I know, but that's like what like like Bradley Cooper does that, and like all those kinds of guys that are like in that same kind of range of like untraditional heartthrob but also kind of like sleazy-ish older guy whereas like Ryan Gosling I was like of course you're gonna get with an older woman and it's gonna be classy hell yeah I want him to just get with someone a little smarter I just want him to be with Rachel McAdams and I think well, what, you do too what makes you think that Eva Mendes is not smart oh, just, because just a of, lot of things just because of like just the movies of, that she's like been hitch. in yeah. what has she, the movie <laughs> what has she been in I think the she way does, she speaks I think she just does commercials now does she do commercials? Yeah. She has her own clothing Maybe she's got Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like she's just got to a point. She's like, I don't really need to be, yeah. you know, that actor anymore. I like, I just, that. I'd rather she, do this fashion stuff she's too. she's much smarter off yeah. screen. I feel like we have to give people more of the benefit yeah. of the doubt. You're right. All You're right. right. Calm down. Um, Eva Stand. Is he Avis? a good public speaker? Yeah. I don't I've never know heard of him public can... speak. Yeah, mean? I don't know. Every interview that he's ever given, it's a public speaking thing. I yeah. mean, he hasn't spoken at my graduation or anything. So, like, yeah, he's I, not giving any convocation like speeches. He is always, whenever it seems to be in like a group thing, he's always like, let the other person talk because this other person's going to say something smarter than me. But every time you see him on a talk show, he kind of just plays himself. He just kind of, you know, says something a little bit self deprecating or just makes a joke or a like, a little cheeky. Yeah, something just fun. Like, I don't know. Do you ever see his his bit on Jimmy Kimmel when he does the knife guys with Will Smith? Oh, sorry, Will yes. Ferrell. <laughs> Hilarious. Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of his bits on SNL with Kate McKinnon, so funny. Oh my god, I was I watching that this week. Monthly, I watch it. So fucking good. <laughs> so good. Also, the one I finally watched the papyrus sketch that you guys were talking about. Oh yeah, a while ago. Die. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I like when he laughs. He shakes his whole body. Yeah, he just. You can't see. But. He wasn't even trying to no. pretend he wasn't breaking. The only one of the criticisms that I have is that he, I think he actively tries to not lean into his Canadianness. Yeah, yeah. He, does, he has like a fake New York accent. He does have a yeah. he does have a voice that he puts on, but that part that's part of like the character that he's trying to portray, right? Like he's trying to be that Paul Newman, that person who's not. You can't really, you know, what it's can we're in Canada, we could say it, but we you're not really <laughs> we can like say it. You know, we're not like the most like trend setting culture I would say you know like I even uh, Ryan Reynolds doesn't really bring forward like he does it more than Ryan Gosling does I think but I don't know well, I, I also think like Toronto Vancouver boys don't really have or not they're not like out east no yeah. there's no like 
Canadian vibe yeah. if you're living in Toronto. The moment that a heartthrob comes out of the heart of Manitoba, yeah. then I'll be like, oh, right, Canada's on the map. <laughs> if you're from a major city in Canada, like, yeah. you're just American. We get some Yukon He's not love. from a major city. Where's He's he from, from Cornbread. He's from Cornwall, Ontario. It's yeah. just like the oh. smallest it's town. I used Ontario. to play them in hockey and they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I beat his ass. I actually did get in a physical fight with the Cornwall girls. I've heard and that. We uh, had to sit next to each other on Eastside Mario's an hour later. <laughs> Are you an icon, Maggie? Maybe. I think you are. My yeah. last question of, is he an icon? Is he misunderstood? No. What would he be misunderstood about? Yeah, I feel like he's very straightforward. I think icon should be a little controversial and a little misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think they need to climb their way to, the, they have to claw their way to the top. I feel like he's not an icon. I think he hasn't had enough struggle to be an icon. That's true. He hasn't had yeah. like a public fallout that he's had to like I don't know get no, through but yeah. we haven't had to forgive him for anything at the same time I think that's a smart thing though because he has played the game well where he's like I'm just going to be in it for as long as I need to and then I'm going to pull back until people start being like oh what is he up to like he creates the mystery behind him because we don't know what he's doing every single day I'm still right? waiting for a new Dead Man's Bones album to come sure. out I, say, I think that's the most controversial thing he's done and maybe the thing I like Make best music. about him ghost music let's talk about that you know which i didn't know controversial thing like he says that he he uh puts his halloween decorations up all year round that's weird he does not strike me as someone who like some people think that liking halloween is a personality trait but he doesn't strike me as one of those people no but he has like a monster tattoo and like he's just very much into that kind of stuff i feel like he's had two iconic roles so far the notebook and drive and is that like enough but I'm, I think I feel like he, it's he's on his way, but I think it's still to be determined. Mm. I think oh. he needs to continue to make good choices and then he could become an icon. Also, I don't think Gangster Squad was that good of a movie. No, but that's that's the one. Like, I think of <laughs> yeah. all of them, that that's the only one that you could really toss away. Other than that, they're all significantly more solid. They all pretty much stand on their own two legs, right? Like memorable. Yeah. Sure. Like I've. I've probably seen most of them, and from all of them, I've enjoyed for the most part. And you know what? He hasn't, he's like one of those, he hasn't really done any, gone back to TV for anything, or like he just doesn't seem to <laughs> feel the need to constantly be working. He just works on stuff that he wants to do. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could pick his next role, like what genre it would be, what would like what is the next move you want him to make? What do you think would be like wise for him? Something again where he doesn't speak that much, but he has like some character that's going through some sort of crazy emotional mm-hmm. struggle, like some sort of like conflicting emotion, but it's all just showing in his face. Like, did you watch? I don't. Maybe you've watched it. Did you watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine? No, I still haven't mm. watched it. Yeah, so like in the that, theaters, baby. I just watched the first one. Though. That's another movie like that, right? He doesn't really say all that much, and it's just all he's playing an android, and he's like being conflicted of like whether he is an android and whether he has original memories and all that kind of stuff, and it's all just like shows in his face. That's a really good movie too. Yeah, at the ending of that movie, I think is great. The only the ending. 
I all of that movie is great, but the ending particularly, I think just to what you're talking about, it's like that's like a very good way of portraying a whole bunch of complex emotions, but not saying anything. But like it it goes to show that of all the quote unquote blockbuster franchises, that's the one that he picks. The one that's like the art house of the blockbusters, right? The one that was considered shit until 20 years after that movie came out and everyone like became this cult following of this movie. Well, again, like the director, like Denis Villeneuve, like he makes a lot of movies like that that are like they they hit the box office leagues in terms of like being big theatrical releases, but they're not quite action movies. Right. Like Arrival. And I love that movie. They don't don't do well in box office, though. Yeah, they don't do well, but they're like something that people will go to the theater to see in that way. I think film people like his movies because you can tell that, again, he's someone who is like in a very different league, but like similar to Nicholas Winding Refn, where like they usually have a vision of what their story is that they're telling and they they know from kind of every beat of what it is that they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. I want him to do a gay Western next. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would Ooh. love that. I would love that too. I would, like beautiful cinem- cinematography, great love story, a little tortured, like Brokeback Mountain, but with Cowboys versus aliens. That might aliens. be a yeah. little controversial for like 2021, 2022 because the whole straight Why? men playing that's is like that controversial. Yeah. Right now it's up in the air. People are Why figuring out because you a should lot of- give roles to people that are meant to be portraying the role. Like there, that movie that Sia, the musician made yeah. music came out a little while ago and she kind of wrote it with Maddie Zegler in mind, but it's about a person with uh, like severe autism and they were like, why wouldn't you just cast an autistic person to portray autism? Like, it's almost worse to have someone pretend to be autistic and do like a caricature. There's a lot of movies like Rain Man and like Eating Gilbert Great. Well, he's not autistic in that movie, but like where those are like honest portrayals that had a lot of research. But I think sometimes you just kind of get into muddled water when you're like, you're hiring someone for their celebrity and not to yeah. necessarily embody the role that I they're think, trying to I think the, I totally disagree with I you think, guys. No, I, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying I want the playing field to be even one day. But right now, like, gay, queer people, like, they don't feel even comfortable coming out as actors. So, like, in, like, I don't know. That's another subject. Yeah. But I think once the playing field and once... Gay actors are but getting the roles. there be more gay stories and like it doesn't matter what what the actor's sexuality is? In a perfect world, yeah. But we're not there yet. People are still not getting roles. Uh, we'll be there soon. Not okay. yet. Anyways. I still think you should play a gay cowboy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I would watch it. <laughs> These episodes always end up where you think they will. All in all, I think I think he's an icon because he is someone who is has a body of work that I would like to emulate, represents themselves in a public way that I would be, you know, lucky if I could kind of do it in a similar way. Um, feels like he works on projects that I would be interested in. And, you know, watching a bunch of his movies made me want to do acting. Like mm-hmm. it's like someone who they're what they put out is something that is impacted on stuff that I would want to put out, right? Like something that I would want to do with the rest of my life as a, like reflected on what someone's actions are. Um, I don't know. It's just, I think he's a cool dude and I hope he keeps making cool stuff. 
Do you feel like you like related or saw yourself in any way in Ryan Gosling as you watched his films throughout the years? Yeah, because I am quiet and I hopefully like, you know, I don't talk a lot. And that's why I like that movie. Because if you're like, if I was a superhero, that's probably how I would act. I would probably not say that much and then beat the shit out of someone with a hammer. <laughs> in a strip club. In a strip club. But can I be argumentative? Sure. Because I don't think he's an icon is what I've decided. Okay. Oh. Because I think... I think he's a beautiful actor and likes picks directors and makes great movies, but I don't think he has anything particularly, he doesn't have anything to say. I don't think he's trying to, he's, it's like, it's so much about the art that there's, there's nothing else there. It's, it's like, like Amy Adams. Yeah. She's a good actress. But there's she good there's nothing uh, driving his choices other than, the quality of the film, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I don't think, I think an icon should be trying to say something more. I think to your point, he's almost missing like a certain personification that's like immediately recognizable. Like if you were to dress as Ryan Gosling at a party, I probably wouldn't know that you were Ryan Gosling and not Elliot on a mm. Wednesday. Yeah, because, but my argument to that is like, I think he's an icon because he doesn't, feel like he has to say anything because there's so many people who take it upon themselves to make that statement right. who shouldn't and he's just like you know what like his I statement's just, not having a statement you know what like I it, he kind of looks at it the way that I would say I would look at it I mean like if there's like this big thing I feel like there are other more well-suited people to talk about the topic than there are than I am mm. I would say like I would love to give my opinion you know, I'll give you everything that I know and whatever, say what I need to say. But at the end of the day, if you ask me some question that I don't know about, it's more likely I'd be like, you know what, this is something that should be pointed to something else. And I feel like I'm just going to, I'm here to do what I want to do. And then I'm going to come back when I want to do it again. Right. But I think that, um, that disqualifies him from icon <laughs> category. Maybe it just disqualifies him from, um, from what you consider as yes. an icon. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great, cool. Well, let us know what you guys think. Do you think Ryan Gosling is an icon? Yes. What do you guys think he is? Um, I came into this thinking he was, and also throughout this conversation, it's made me realize that I really do love him, and I'm excited to watch his career grow. Because in the past couple of years, I was like, I think I'm a little bored. Like I, I'm like, what has he come out with lately that I'm like interested in? But then when we like reflecting on his career, I'm like, oh no, he's amazing. I love him. But I'm kind of leaning towards like your that what you spoke about, like how he's known for his acting, not for like his persona, really more so. Right. And I feel like that is not an icon make. Mm. Yeah. I, don't know. I think he is an icon for the heartthrob realm. Mm, I yeah. think that when you were if you were to look at like kind of modern day hunks, he stands alone from the pack and he also is an icon in the way that he also grew up with Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, like all those people and took a very different path and stands alone in that. Again, I don't know necessarily if that makes him iconic, but I think it makes him definable and it makes him different. It again, this just goes back to what I would consider to be mm -hmm. iconic because it's like because he doesn't do all that stuff, because he's not doing whatever the movie that Maggie wants mm -hmm. or the Ma movie that Kate wants, he's doing the movie that he wants to do, right? 
fuck all of you. That's why. <laughs> She's got to do. It's the same way I like Adam Driver because I feel like Adam Driver's not doing girls because he thinks people will like girls. He's mm-hmm. like, I want to be on this project because I think it's exciting and I, you know, I want to work with these people and I want to, you know, yeah. be part of this. He doesn't give a shit about yeah. how much money Star Wars makes. Well, if we do a season two of this this series, I know who you'll be picking. Yes. Yes. Do you guys have any ideas for who you might talk about? Could we give people a little sneak peek and what's to come for our icon discussions? I haven't thought about it. I've been throwing around Mike Wazowski. Um, Let's I, do it. I'm I ready. actually like, I have more to say about Mike Wazowski than anybody else. You're going to cut this part out because if you do Mike Wazowski, you should not be telling people you're doing Mike Wazowski because yeah. that has got to be the biggest, biggest like surprise thing. That's true. Okay. Let's cut that out. You're not doing Mike Wazowski. I won't allow it. Okay. So uh, I'll just be like, do you guys have any, what would we talk about? I don't, oh, I have so much. The first so scene much... of Monsters Inc. was so iconic. I have a lot to talk about. Okay, I'll wrap it up. I'll say, um, do you guys have any sneak peeks for who you might talk about? I, I, no? I would. I was considering Truman Capote, the mm-hmm. writer. If you know him, you know he's an icon. <laughs> yeah, you know those square glasses. Sure. Uh, yeah. Did he this... wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's, In Cold Blood, High Socialite, High Voice Socialite in New York. The a defining writer <laughs> of our generation. What was that noise? I hope that noise translates. <laughs> did um did yeah. this kind of grasp what your idea was, Maggie? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. Just kind of like reflecting on the career and then yeah. I wish we'd fought more. I know you wish we fought more. I tried because, at the end. Because you know you love him. Yeah. I'll try to pick someone really controversial. Yeah. Someone that we don't agree with. But you okay. don't have to. You pick whoever speaks to you. If it happens to be a controversial or polarizing opinion in this group, then I faked controversy okay. for the sake of it. <laughs> okay. Don't tell them that. Sorry. Our, our, our audiences already know I'm sneaky. Well, now I'm definitely going to go home, dr- get in my car, drive with the drive soundtrack on full blast, listen to Night Call all the way home. But until then, we'll be back. And guys, just keep it loose. <laughs>